Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. So when did you start doing game development? Was it something you've always wanted to do or was it something you started doing in college? Oh, uh, well, I started doing the game development when I was like uh, 15 years old, uh, just by myself, you know, following Unity tutorials, following the Rackets tutorials. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone oh, else. You can't go wrong with those Rackets tutorials. Yeah, I started with a, uh, uh, I think he, he had a, a roller ball game or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I started and I went on from there. Uh, that was almost 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine that? Did you envision like where you would be now back then? Yeah, I, I actually, when I started, I thought that it was just going to be a hobby mm-hmm. because I didn't know like how big the industry was or the opportunities that you can have, uh, all the different roles that there are in game development and didn't know any of that. So yeah, it's quite amazing to to be part of this super awesome industry. Mm-hmm. Hey, the game industry is a pretty awesome industry. We get to make games, entertain people, and the creativity is beyond anything you can even imagine. Yeah. So for people who don't know, what exactly does a tech artist do? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a tricky question because right? uh, <laughs> tech artists are like uh, the, are the merge of an artist and a programmer, basically. So a tech artist is basically someone in the team that uh, will work along with the uh, programmers and work with the like uh, concept artists and stuff mm-hmm. and we'll make tools for the actual uh, the, the from for the 2d artists and the 3d artists to be able to do what they want to do so oh, okay. uh, being a tech artist is not just one thing it can be uh, like for example i do a lot of uh, bfx work like a lot of shaders for doing particle effects and, and and stuff but i also know some tech artists that don't do any visual stuff they just do uh like systems for other artists in the team uh, maybe okay. systems for managing the materials in the project systems for uh handling the illumination because you maybe want to have like a different type of illumination in the unity project mm, there are a lot of ways to be a tech artist uh, mm-hmm. okay. yeah it's it's a trick. So it's complicated right yeah it's like uh yeah but so like for instance how so when you started doing art right what was this like you said it was in college or was it more like early on and then you started doing game development with art well i actually went to college to i just did it i started graphic design okay so yeah i'm uh, i'm more of an artist that uh, than a programmer i think Mm-hmm. But during college, I started learning about shaders, about programming, and that's when I discovered that I could merge these two different disciplines into mm-hmm. into one. Yeah, that's how I both worlds. Yeah, yeah, because I really like math and I like like techie problems and <laughs> all that. That's mm-hmm. when I discovered that I that that's maybe my fit in the industry. Okay, so for somebody who wants to start going down the route of tech artists, should they start like drawing every day and then also doing like small programming challenges every day or just focus on something else, would you say? Um, well, that's that's a cool question. Actually, uh, um, well, at least for myself, what I did is I simply tried to replicate uh, something I saw in a game. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if I saw a cool effect, maybe a cool particle effect in a game, mm-hmm. I would go like, how, how can I do that? And I would simply go all in with shader graph and amplify shader editor tools like that. Uh, those are really artist-friendly tools. And I just simply went ahead and tried everything that I could come up with. Later, I would uh, also do some research about how other artists do the things. Because that's, that's the cool thing about tech art, mm-hmm. is that there's not just one single way to do things. You can actually... Uh, do the same effect in many different ways and i think it's a really creative process uh, in the end so so yeah uh, if you want to start doing tech art i would go like uh, just try to replicate something cool that you see in a game that is not 
something uh, that you see in every game maybe try start uh, try start like doing a tune shader a tune shader or something like that maybe an outline shader the simple stuff that will that making them will teach you like a lot mm -hmm. yeah that's that's how i would go and then when you're doing that should you be studying like fundamentals and like taking different courses on like shading how to do some stuff in blender how to do like pipeline stuff or like, what do you well um that's that's actually yeah when i started there was not a lot of info in shader graph so actually the reason why i started doing uh, tutorials on my twitter account is because there weren't a lot of shader graph tutorials mm. so uh i didn't actually had a lot of info uh, that I could understand. There's a lot of info out there. It's just simply that it was too difficult for me at the time to understand it. So uh, yeah, I didn't actually have like a lot of uh, places to go where when I wanted to get info. Uh, nowadays, I I am in Discord groups and I ask a lot there. Like I'm in tech artist Discord groups. I'm in the Amplify Shader. Uh, discord server and i ask a lot there so that's where i go and get my documentation i also check a lot the unity documentation like uh, i had to learn every single note of shader graph simply learn uh, read it read them from from the unity documentation and that helped me helped me a lot uh but yeah I, when you're starting it's, it's kind of a big thing to to tackle because there's just so much info. Mm -hmm. Maybe the the easy way to do it is to learn another discipline first. Maybe learn really well 3D modeling or 3D. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Once... It's like master one and then mm -hmm. kind of master the other one and then bring them both together so that you can master just tech art. Yeah, because in the mm -hmm. end, being a tech artist means that you have deep, deep understanding of how a 3D modeler works, how a 3D texture works, how a rendering artist works, because basically you're going to be working with them and making tools for them all the time. So uh, yeah, you got to understand what, what their priorities are. And, and yeah, the best way to do it is to simply become one first. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, that's the hard part too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of tricky. So what's cool is you can have a passion for maybe 3D modeling and be really good in programming and you can bring it all together. It's like, is there a moment when you're like, this is the coolest thing ever? <laughs> like to do art and programming all together? <laughs> yeah, all the time. Uh, <laughs> whenever I, I do something that I haven't seen online, it's like, wow, um, <laughs> that's that's when i feel like i'm alive <laughs> there you go yeah so that's all about now so you do under 60 second tutorials right when did you start doing that and like what is I the process doing, behind that yeah i started doing those about a year ago no maybe like october of last year that's when i started um yeah I, actually the reason why i started doing 60 second tutorials was because uh, twitter compresses a lot <laughs> oh they, really they oh yeah uh, why did they do that why did they <laughs> Yeah, so I, I figured, like, how can I uh, make tutorials and not get uh, the Twitter compression to destroy my work? <laughs> well, I'll just make them, like, really quick. And, yeah, it, it kind of, people kind of like them, <laughs> I think. For one second, I just noticed that you made a, like, um, a canvas in i think it was unity and then you had drawn in like a like a circle like a like a yeah. little one eye glasses and then it was dogecoin and the thing uh, i was yeah. like are you kidding me i love that i love the whole dogecoin <laughs> stuff yeah so for instance like these different the 60 second tutorials sure they're 60 seconds but how long does it really take to make them oh um well, <laughs> I take up uh, those take me about a week to make them because wow. usually, yeah, usually I try to uh, do something that I haven't seen anywhere else. So that's the hard part, like to come up with a new technique or a new idea. Because yeah, I, I don't really have any interest interest in doing um, something that it's already out there. I really love that those things. Yeah. yeah. So coming up with like new workflows, that's the hard part. Actually, that one that you said, the 
pencil that is drawing <laughs> the dogecoin with the bow tie and like that yeah that's something that i came up with i don't know if someone else has already done it but i i i just came up with kind of by accident but um <laughs> by accident like you just came yeah up well, on dogecoin and no no uh the actual mechanic of drawing in unity i was like trying to figure out a way to do it like really simple and and uh and and a way to because there are many ways to draw in unity but i was trying to figure out a way that all the artists could do without programming at all so how that uh, effect works is that actually you have a camera and that camera is kind of glitched and it doesn't uh, clear uh, every frame so <laughs> so what's what's happening is that it is not actually you're not actually drawing you're just uh, like leaving the trail of where the pencil was so it was something that i thought that was really uh, simple and clever and that's and i made a tutorial about about it that's that's mainly why i don't do tutorials that often i also i do like uh, one tutorial every month but that's yeah that's the reason why because i try to do something unique every time well, it makes sense because if you try to do something new every week i can see it could burn you out or stress you yeah. out yeah but wow no that's all really cool because it's it's awesome it's easy to make something like that other people have done but it's harder and more impressive to do something that nobody's ever done and to give it such detail and care like you do that that's what makes you stand out like when i see your page i'm like whoa what is all this like this is, this is really cool <laughs> thanks yeah and then so like for the the sheep in the one of these other tutorials like you make all that you make the art you also make the programming you just like everything is all from scratch yeah uh that's actually a game i was doing a while ago uh, with uh, with some of my friends that game it didn't uh release well it yeah. hasn't released yet it was called goodnight carl and uh, i i used that shape because i was doing a bunch of effects for that uh game mm -hmm. and i realized that there weren't uh, any tutorials out there because uh that was like four years ago i think yeah uh, in 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 those times it, uh, unity was using the lightweight render pipeline okay. and it was something like completely new and everyone was like what the hell is this <laughs> exactly uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah i i i uh, like the ship i didn't do the ship but i did like the effects surrounding the ship like uh the effect there's a there's one tutorial i did that uh, allows you to see the ship through the walls oh uh, yeah the see through wall shader yeah yeah that's mm -hmm. that's for the shader um, oh so for just a uh, quick one second let everyone know exactly where they can find all these tutorials too on youtube what's your name on there Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. You can find me on Twitter as Daniel Santalle. Yep, and so he posts the sixty on Unity sixty second tutorials there and on his YouTube. Yeah, I post them on YouTube too, but mainly on Twitter. That's where you can uh, see them easily. Art Studio VR. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that looks oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's that's what I've been working since December. <laughs> it's, it's like you become Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's uh, that's like my passion project Ooh, actually okay oh yeah let's definitely dive into it because yeah, it I'm looks really, really I'm good i'm really liking it so far uh actually what i'm trying to do is not just a game i'm trying to make a tool so uh, what i showcased a few days ago is uh that's actually me just painting in vr <laughs> but eventually when the app launches mm -hmm. you will be able to import uh, 3d models and texture them in there and then export those textures and use them, I don't know, in Unity or whatever you want. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really liking it so far because I'm trying it to, I'm trying to make like a really uh, easy to understand tool because I mean, there are a lot of awesome tools out there like Substance Painter and uh, I don't know, even Photoshop, but yeah. uh, those can be kind of hard to understand for complete beginners. So what I'm trying to do is a tool that is like, like you can give it to your grandma and she will know how to texture a 3D model in there. <laughs> really? That's, yeah, because that's all you amazing. have to do is like grab the 3D model and paint it, in it and that's it. That's it. You can, yeah, you can hit a button, export it and that's it. Wow. 
That's amazing. Yeah. That's... So, okay. So how did like the idea of this come about? You were just like, I want to make art, but like do it in the VR space and do it where yeah. it's easy for everyone to use. Actually, uh, the idea uh, came up while I was doing one of my tutorials. I did a tutorial on how to draw in Unity. And then I figured, hmm, maybe I could try this on the Oculus Quest. And it was just an evolving of uh, months of, uh, I, I don't know, uh, theorizing and seeing what comes with the mechanic. And Oh, yeah, I like that you said months of theorizing. So you didn't officially like work on the game in Unity for a while. You were thinking about ideas, drawing stuff brainstorming yeah throwing it away restarting yeah like the first two or three months we're just planning because wow see that's hard because I, I think people would assume when you work at a game it's like oh just go right away get into unity but you took three months to plan it out yeah yeah because um there are there are a lot of tools out there uh, mm -hmm. that allow you to do art in vr but they okay. all use um like UI like you have buttons in your controllers and you have like floating UI and all that and uh, I didn't like that uh, like at all because I, I think that it kind of defeats the purpose of being in VR like uh, the reason why you want to be in VR is because you don't want to click in buttons and UI and that's that's the way I see it so the first two or three months were just me uh researching and trying out different games and uh, searching for different ways to make everything uh, like more physical mm -hmm. and yeah that's and maybe mainly just writing down like all my ideas and making a game document where i could uh where i could yeah just lay out all my ideas and and yeah for example something i did that uh it's i think it's kind of different from other games that is something simple Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not so common to see is that in most games if you want access to a different brush or, or something like you have your flat brush your round brush your square brush if you want access to them you gotta like press different buttons on your controllers yeah and i didn't like that so what i did is that you have a wall with all your brushes laid out and you can simply grab them and start to use them and when you're done with them you can simply uh, drop them and then we'll float back to oh that's so wall. cool and easy yeah. to use yeah yeah so it's it's something like it's really simple to use and and yeah instead of for example you, you there's a uh, a color palette that you can uh, uh, that you can make appear and select like and a specific color mm -hmm. but there's also like a lot of uh, buckets with paint in it that you can simply grab and dip your uh, brush in in the paint oh market. that's cool different choices yeah so and and there will be like different uh palettes for those uh, paint pockets too so you uh my idea is that you will never have to use any type of ui inside of the game mm -hmm. and oh that's good so it's basically all just like kind of like real life you just you see something you yeah. grab it you, you pick the bucket up that's your paint like that's everything feels real yeah, another cool idea that uh, that I'm developing right now is that, for example, in most games in VR, uh, when you're trying to save a file, for example, uh, and they pop up a keyword, and you gotta write like in a giant. Oh, keyword. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't like that because it it's a keyword. It doesn't make <laughs> sense in like in real life. So what I did instead of uh, you having a, when you save a file, when you save a painting, instead of uh, writing down the name and then the and then that name will appear like in a file or whatever there's a camera you can take a picture of the painting and that will save the painting and the camera what? will print uh like a like a little photo mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when you grab that thing that's how you load the painting into wow the that's genius yeah <laughs> how long did it take for you to come up with that was months. like months. <laughs> exactly. Wow. See, see, that's that's incredible to hear. Like the process of something like your game being built, and it just being months and months of planning. So, like, how many iterations did you have of this camera? Were you like, first, I don't want to change the save, and then did you have like some other wacky ideas until you got to the camera? Um. <laughs> and well, let me think. Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, to see how this there was. There is was like, yeah, there was one idea uh, that I, I it didn't work well because it didn't scale well. But uh, what I was thinking was like having different cabinets, and then okay. you can like grab your canvas, your painting. You can grab it, 
and pile it in a in a cabinet and just close it. And when oh, you okay. open again the cabinet, you can take out your painting. I like that. Uh, yeah, but the issue with that is that what happens if you've had, you've had thirty paintings? You will have like a bunch of cabinets filling. Yeah, the, and then you get lost list. and you don't know where they are. Okay, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way I'm handling it right now is that uh, there's like a wall, and in the wall there are all your pictures. Yeah, that's uh, way there. simpler. And you can simply grab them, and that would load a painting. So I'm curious. So when you're testing on this, do you have someone else like looking at it, like saying like, okay, this is taking too much space. What if you have too many paintings? And then you're like, okay, let me go make the photo one. Or did you just do this on your own? And you were like, eh, I'm not liking it. Yeah, I'm developing this uh, with a partner. Okay. Uh, she's yeah, we're we're always bouncing ideas, and she's great. She's doing all the 3D modeling and and all that, and I'm and doing all the programming and all the design stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so as doing the programming, do you, what is your like daily routine like when you're working on this project? Um, well, <laughs> putting on my Oculus Quest and just uh, trying to Do you program things. in Oculus Quest? Or? Well, I, I have it down here. I, okay. I don't program in it. I just test the game in it. Mm. Um, uh, I just put on the Oculus Quest in my forehead. And my main, my daily routine is basically, okay, What's next? What do I have to do next? What okay. uh, what can I do to make the project better? And I just go and iterate. Uh, uh, in, I write a lot of Trello cards <laughs> just to keep track of what I've yeah. been doing. Um, That's I don't cool. know. So you just pick something like you're like, okay, this is a problem. We need to add like um, the way to, you know, animation or something. Do you then go and like, so for instance, animation, who does that? Like with the... Uh, Armbrushing is that your partner or that you? Um, well, there's no animation in the. Oh, project. you're right, because it's VR, so it's just yeah, it's VR. All, all the animate all the animated things are animated procedurally. Uh, for example, there uh, the brushes when you move the brushes, they kind of flap like this, mm-hmm. but that's all procedural animation. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So okay, so there there's a few differences with making like a regular game and a VR game. What should people pay attention when they're trying to make a VR game? Oh, uh, performance. Okay. That's a huge thing. Uh, I am I, amazed by the amount of tricks that you got to use for VR. Like, uh, for instance, you can't use Unity lighting in VR. That's really? just, yeah, that's just too hard uh, for the <laughs> quest, for the Oculus quest. So, <laughs> yeah, it, you got to like completely shift uh the the usual workflow that you have for a, a PC game, uh, like for example, in that game Art Studio, um, everything is unlit. There's not a single light in the scene. So for doing that, we have to uh, texture everything in Photoshop mm-hmm. and fake the shadows and uh, yeah, use a lot of uh, Fresnel lighting, the Fresnel uh, shading. Sorry. Okay. That's Fresnel shading. It's a like a type of shading that allows you to uh, make uh, the models darker on the corners. Uh, we had to use like a lot of tricks because the hard thing is that if you want to publish on the on App Labs or on the Quest Store, you gotta maintain a certain uh, amount of frames per second. In in specific, in the Oculus Quest One, you gotta maintain seventy two frames per second, and doing that is really hard especially on a mobile <laughs> yeah no i bet that's yeah that's crazy um yeah for example when i started doing the project uh, i wanted to uh, i wanted that the, i wanted to have like this studio in a rooftop mm-hmm. and then you can see like a complete city Ooh, around you. that would be yeah. amazing but i feel like it's hard to do the performance yeah i i had to drop the idea uh, like i would really i would love that yeah, uh, actually, I would like to do that, but after lunch, probably, because uh, it, it was simply impossible to do a big city in a, mm-hmm. in a Oculus Quest and maintain my 72 frames per second. It was just, like, completely impossible. <laughs> and but Maybe the next new technology coming out, you could probably maybe well, eventually do it. With all the new technology coming out, you probably could eventually do it. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the Oculus 3 or whatever. Yeah. 
or may, maybe actually With Unreal Engine Five, where they have the performance issues. Oh yeah, cleared up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, there are ways that I that I could do that. Maybe like have a skybox and have like PNGs of houses or whatever. But I just didn't want to go through all those iterations <laughs> because it wouldn't look like the way you envisioned yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So I had to completely change how I. Uh, design my my <laughs> my art in my head <laughs> and yeah yeah vr is hard <laughs> i have a lot of respect for vr developers now see i didn't even realize it was that way way harder so for instance when people say like oh why is there no more vr games it's like oh why is nobody coming out with them as much it's like because it's hard it's, it's not really easy hard, to make yeah. so they're, they're trying their best so when they come out and you're like it's okay it's like give them more credit they worked hard in that game <laughs> yeah yeah, totally, totally. Especially for those games that you see every now and then that that are ports from a PC uh, game. That's like, wow, I'm surprised by that. I'm completely astonished by by that. Like uh, recently, there's this game, uh, Sniper Elite VR, mm -hmm. that came came up like a week ago, I think, on the Oculus Quest, yeah. and it looks beautiful. It looks astonishing and. I have no idea how they achieved that on the Oculus Quest. What? This looks insane. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Is this a VR game? It is a VR game. What? But more importantly, it is a mobile VR game. It's a mobile VR game? Yeah, it's on the Oculus no. Quest. No. Yeah, that's... I'm sure that that, that must be a, a big team because... No way. Yeah, that would be... It's insane. It looks just like all the World of War games, but we're talking about on the mobile. So it's good graphics, yeah. VR, performance is fine. On That's insane. I, don't I mean, I haven't worked in a big team of VR developers, so I don't know. I assume that maybe when you have like 20 people, 30 people are, uh, around you uh, all working in optimizing and doing performance improvements, it must be easier. But most of the VR teams that I know are usually two or three people. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's the reason why it's so hard to do. And, and and also, I think that there are not a lot of uh, uh, companies out there that want to take the risk in VR uh, at the moment. It is true. It's hard because not everyone has one and it doesn't always work well. People get sick too while playing it and then... Yeah, there are too many pull. reasons. Yeah, there's just too many reasons not to do it. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're getting there. We'll get, give it like 10 years and soon like every game will be VR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. Like even if it's not like a vr game it'd be cool to experience something where it's like in a virtual setting somehow maybe you're the in like once you put the goggles on you can see the game in a different way maybe not to because you know how like story driven games like Detroit become human uncharted yeah i don't know if you can completely do that in vr but maybe make experiences you can experience the game while in a vr setting or something i don't know yeah i feel i feel like today we are in like like i don't know if you remember mobile games like 10 years ago we had really like what? Candy Crush. Yeah, we had Candy Crush. Uh, we have this uh, mobile game, uh, mobile games made by Ketchup. I don't know if you remember those. They were just thick like games. And now we have a full battle royale, Call of Duty, in our cell phones. <laughs> I'm like, how? This is insane. I, yeah, I wish is. I was a kid again because back then I had all the time in the world. And I was playing Pokemon when I could be playing like battle royales on my phone. What? Yeah, it is insane. insane. Uh, so. I have good hopes for the future of the VR industry. Like in 10 years, everything will be really different. Yeah, because technology just keeps getting faster and faster and faster. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have now people are going to space like it's nothing. <laughs> what, what are we, what's soon? Soon people are going to just be like, there's going to be houses on the moon. Like yeah. It's just technology is just moving like this. But it's great for you know, games because now we're having more games do things that's never been done before. I mean, to be able to create worlds in Unreal 5 now is going to be insane. It's yeah. Just, so, yeah, I'm excited for all this. Yeah, now, even in games that don't don't really need, like, the high tech that we have right now, like that Ratchet and Clank game, I don't know if you've seen it. I played that beat. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that game is so beautiful. It, it it doesn't need to be that beautiful, but it is. And it is it's awesome that we have those kind of games right now. Right, it's like movie. It's like picture quality movie in a game format. Yeah, and I loved every minute of it, and I, I want more games like that that aren't too long 
and it's just mm-hmm. beautiful like that because then to me the thing is like i have t- i don't have time for like 300 hour games but i like the idea i like games more than movies so like ratchet and clank to me is like an interactive movie you're yeah. you're watching the movie then you, when you need to like they're going on the journey you are that character and then you watch the movie again and i love that more it's like yes this is what i love about these games the entertainment and i do like my other 500 hour games but only like one of those a year i can't do every open world game that comes out <laughs> No, oh, yeah, I, me neither. <laughs> I wish I could play more games nowadays. Right? <laughs> it's like it's like, come on, this is what I love to do. Give me more games. But it's just cool though to like create them now and be like, guys, check out the games I played when I was younger, or like my spin on what maybe like this game I was younger plus this game when I was younger together. Like you never know. Yeah. So I love. I, I see in your Patreon it says you. So you. I don't know if you said this earlier, but. You got chicken pox, and this is what started, like, everything? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When That's I started, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, as I said, I was, like, 15 years old, and I got the, chick- I got the chicken pox. So <laughs> I had to stay at home two or three weeks. Uh, I actually had a band at that time. Uh, I was the bassist. You had a band? Yeah. Why and- you didn't tell me you that cool? <laughs> <laughs> so what is that like, starting a band? Is that just like getting together and being like, let's do it. Let's go make music. Yeah, yeah we were friends at school and we were like, let's just make a band. And was it a good I, band? Like, was it successful enough? In the... Not really. Oh, <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, but that week, uh, th- those two weeks, we were uh, going to do a road trip and we were going to play in many different oh, cities. that would have been so cool. And but then life go. said, no, we have something better yeah, for you. I couldn't <laughs> or something different. Kids. Yeah, I had and yeah, I got really depressed, but that's how I discovered Unity. I was like, hmm. "Wow, <laughs> What's this? wow, this is a real, true, like success story." It's like one day he was gonna go on tour, but then boom, chicken pox, and he realized his true passion. <laughs> like it sounds like a movie too. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. But yeah, that's why because we've had another guest on here called Justin who he broke both his knees and then was in the hospital and then just was bored. So he was like, "Let me program." And then, yeah, and then he, <laughs> yeah, and then he became really good at programming, and now he's got like thirty thousand plus view followers on Instagram, and I'm like, wow. what? And he was in a, a, a band too, and then he, like that dream was gone, and then he was like, I'm gonna program. And I'm like, what? How does that? You guys are both like movie characters. You popped out <laughs> of a movie. Scene. Like this is insane. I don't know. I, I just got lucky. <laughs> so let's say so. Back then, when you were seventeen, you watched like a first practice video. How did you know that like, that was it? This is what I'm going to do. Well, uh, yeah, I actually when I and during the chicken chicken pox, I uh, played Bioshock Infinite, mm. and that game, that game is a masterpiece. That game made really? me go like I've never played it. Yeah, if you haven't, you should. Uh, it okay. is a masterpiece. And that game made me think of everything of my life. Like, what am I doing? Why am I not doing games? I want to I wanna make a version game in it too. <laughs> and yeah, I, that's why I went into YouTube and Google, like, how to make games. <laughs> I love that. So you were playing the game and you were like, this is such a good game. So incredible. You're like, I have to learn how to make it because I want to make my yeah. own. Yeah, basically. And so, like, you're, is it the drive to make like something like Bioshock Infinite, or is it to like inspire others, entertain others, or is it more something like you just want to make it on your own? Yeah, well, I don't know. I just want to do something beautiful as that, Ooh, as, well, like, I- that game. Yeah, in yeah, at the end of that game, I almost cried, and I and I had like really beautiful feelings, and I think that uh, that's what drives me. Like, I wanna. Uh, I, I I don't really care for FPS games or story dreaming games. I, I mean, I like all games, but what I care more is uh, feelings and mm. what 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 you uh, get from the game. So that's that's what I that's what drew, uh, that's what inspired me to to become a game developer, just to make something that uh, inspire others. Like I got inspired by. Bioshock, I think. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And make games that make you feel something. Yeah. Because there's a lot of games, cool, the spectacle, the particle effects, big budget. Wow. But sometimes when you're playing these games, you don't feel anything. 
yeah just, it's like fun cool but there's something about feeling something when you're watching it. like you feel an emotion that affects you or this character reminds you of someone or you feel it's like hopeful because of this character like that to me is the magic of games and storytelling and entertainment yeah yeah and the cool thing is that you can you can get feelings by all type of games like uh Last week I was playing this game, uh, Stanley the Parable. I don't know if you remember that game. Which one, Stanley the Parable? Stanley the Parable. Uh, no. It's a, a walking simulator. Uh, that uh, it's a really good premise. Basically, you're like a office guy. You're on your computer, mm -hmm. and and you stop receiving work in your computer, and you decide that you you wanna step up from your computer and do something new. But as you walk along, it is a walking simulator. As you walk through the office, there's mm -hmm. a voice narrating uh, what you're doing. Like, okay. and Stanley walked through the office searching for their, uh, for their co-workers. There was no, no one around in the office. Oh, okay. What could happen? And then the, the cool thing about that game is that there are like two doors in a certain part of the game. And the narrator says, and Stanley walked through the right door. And you can decide if you want to go through the right door or the left door. Yeah. And if you go through the incorrect door, the narrator, uh, the narrator notices. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Stanley, what are you doing? You're not doing uh, what, uh, what you're supposed to. Oh, so it's so a, cool. Yeah, it's a really interesting idea about uh, free will and a game that basically makes you think about what are we doing with our lives? Uh, are we really deciding by ourselves? Is there someone else that's deciding for us? And that's that's what I really like about games. The game looks that's so cool. It, I like the premise where it's like the game may, can end, the game may never end. Who knows? It's about like free will. Like, do you have free will and stuff? Yeah, you should definitely check it if you haven't. You're gonna really like it, what? I think. <laughs> this is crazy. I need, how come I've never heard of this? <laughs> it's not a it's it's a popular game but it's kind of old maybe that's why it released i think 10 years ago or something i'm just this i'm done i'm like i feel like i'm looking it up now on youtube and like everybody knows about it everybody <laughs> like i'm like over here like what this is so cool but yeah it's like a game that makes you think about everything and and questions everything it's called stanley parable check it out it looks like the guy so one of the cool podcasters is lex freeman he also played the game too, apparently. I'm like, no way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. yeah, it's a really interesting game. So that's that's what I most like about games. Like not only uh, having cool stories and not only having uh, cool visuals and whatever, just making it feel something to the player. Like like when you finish the game, you should uh, you should have uh, grown as a person in in whatever shape or form <laughs> when i finished bioshock i grew a little bit i think like morally and sentimentally Ooh, okay so that's my favorite topic about games how people can develop like morals and values and virtues so like what do you think you came out of like you cared more about certain things or you, you cherish things more like what was your yeah mindset? well that game uh, touches a lot of uh racial th things and a lot of uh, like uh there's, they don't really uh, say it out loud, like this is a racial uh, game, but they definitely talk about it uh, under, under the lines, under the, under the hood, there's a lot of racial talk. And I uh, appreciated that a lot because, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in Mexico. And mm -hmm. there's, at that, at that time, there was, uh, there, were, there was a lot of tension between Mexico and USA in the political realm. Mm -hmm. So playing that game at that time really made me realize that uh, political stuff is one is one thing, and what really the what really uh, makes uh, the people uh, do uh, stuff and think about stuff is another thing. Like uh, politicals, uh, pol political talk and real life talk are two different things, and they really are. What yeah, because all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, you can like if you only see the, the the news and whatever, you can think that you that like there's like there are uh, tension between the uh, two nations. Mm -hmm. uh, that may be true. I don't know. But, uh, it might be tension politically, but not like with the people. So, yeah, the people. Is, yeah, 
the people is something different. And that game really taught me that, I think. Mm. Yeah, because uh, the premise, really quickly, the premise of the game is that it, uh, there's Colombia, it's a city. That's basically, it's a city that was uh, lived from the ground. Like mm -hmm. there are giant helicopters that basically lift the entire city from the ground. Yeah. And uh, that city uh, separated from the United States. Mm. And uh, that happened like in the 60s or whatever, or 50s, I don't know. So as, uh, as they separated from the, from the United States, uh, the rest of the United States continue, uh, continue uh, in, in, in their history. And Colombia didn't. Colombia stayed. Oh. Uh, uh, so there was still like division there, there between was, yeah, there was, colors. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, slavery in, in Colombia because they didn't uh, have any laws that... that uh, ban slavery and, mm -hmm. and all that so it's a really interesting idea how a modern city uh, functions when you don't apply the modern laws uh, yeah and that yeah that really taught me uh, like a lot it really made me question like uh, what wh what's the real life situation what's what's different between what you live in real life and uh, what you see on TV and what you see on the media. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is through a game. That's <laughs> a, like, people understand games are more powerful and impactful than people realize. They're not just the games like Galaga or Tetris. Like the yeah. parents you think like, oh, you're just playing games. It's like, no, no, no. They're building values, morals. They're testing out ideas. They're getting input or output from the world saying like hey this is how the world works here and here and here and you start to like internalize that it's so like for instance because i grew up with call of duty like i know the world is a lot of war and a war is deadly and it's bad things and it's a lot of it political and like because like the game and it also normalizes it in a weird way where it's just like i know about that and then Assassin's creed is like oh i know about cleopatra it's like it's weird how these games work nowadays where it just can transport you and give you all this knowledge without even trying like you're like oh i just know all this because i played a game and you're like yeah. what how it's just that's why i think if like in the future of schools or like education systems can incorporate like games like kind of like assassin's creed where people can then like, like let's say you're doing a history class and you're learning about cleopatra well why don't you walk the halls or play this game with cleopatra and then when you go to the test instead of thinking about what's from the textbook you're like i was there i saw what cleopatra did like that would make it so much easier for students to remember things to learn things that's yeah. my thing with whole games and education and all that good stuff yeah I yeah, educational games are a thing. <laughs> yeah, but like incorporate VR with that, and people will never forget. Like, oh, I don't remember that. It's like, no, you were there. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, actually, uh, that's really crazy. Sometimes I dream in VR, and I have memories in VR too. What? Yeah, you dream yeah, in I've VR? Spent, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I spend so much time in VR that uh, now I have memories of me being in VR, like what i have memories See, of me happening. being in rec room wow. or i have dreams where i am in out, uh, out space or vr chat or one of those that's so crazy uh and yeah and, I, I, and I, I i can't imagine that uh, being educated in vr could be like a really interesting thing yeah you wouldn't know what's real anymore because the graphics are getting too realistic <laughs> no oh that's goodness. yeah that's the thing because actually even even right now that the, the the graphics graphics are not uh realistic uh, or whatever they are kind of tuned you don't really care for that when you are in there you really uh just leave the experience mm -hmm. like if you play something like vr chat everything everyone is using an anime character <laughs> or yeah. a mean character but you don't care like what you're doing there is feels really real like you can see the movement of the people and you can hear them and you can uh, walk with them and that's what really makes them makes the experience feel real that's that's why i think i have memories because i remember me being uh, with someone talking about something and i don't uh, when, while I'm doing that, I don't think like, who am I talking to? I'm just talking with this Red Knuckles character. And I remember Red Knuckles character. <laughs> you mean from Sonic? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I had a memory with Red Knuckles. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. That's hilarious. Wow. Okay. But yeah, that's it's amazing the power of VR games. And then I'm looking at this party animals. And so oh, is that yeah. something else you're working on with the team? Yeah. yeah. I'm a VFX artist in that project. That's Can we, what is it a little bit? Because it looks silly and I love it. When I see the little dog fighting stormtrooper ducks. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? And why it's a I party think? game. It's basically a party game where it's a party you, game. Yeah, it's a party game where you uh, simply fight against you fight against other crazy animals and and that's it. But <laughs> it's really physics driven, so that's the fun of it. Like everything uh, waggles and uh, moves like heavy things feel like heavy things. Um, I don't know. It's it's such a physics fun experience. Uh, I'm a VFX artist there. I do like smokes and uh, impacts and fires and mud, water, all those all those particles. I uh, that's what I'm doing in that project. Wow. No, I'm I'm excited for this. This because I haven't played party games in a while, and it, like Fall Guys, I like Mario Party back in the days. All like I played all the time. So this is like a fun game you play with friends. This is cool. Um, but is it just Xbox or is it also PlayStation? Um, I actually I don't think I can talk about that. Oh, no worries. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, that's so cool. Wait, so for the um Jedi Nemo, did you what was your work on that? Was that doing all the uh? Did you do work on that one, or was that someone else? Jedi Nemo. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's when the dog, uh, the dog comes out with the lightsaber and attacks the stormtrooper ducks. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, what? No. Okay. Where are you seeing that? All right, I'll show you. It's so cool. I'm I'm dying. It's funny. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you through the Zoom chat. Where? Boom! There it is. Yes, sometimes I forget about projects. No, it's fine. It makes sense. It's not that, it's not that I don't uh, care. Oh, wow. I, I haven't seen that. Isn't that great, though? <laughs> no, it's it, the, the team is really big. Uh, I, I've never seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really big team. So It's so cool. Uh, I love it. I'm like, this is great. Uh, yeah, I'm not the only VFX artist in the team. There are many VFX artists. Yeah, I see the team grew a lot. It was like originally a small team, but then it's now huge. Oh, yeah, it's a really big team. Uh, they are all based in China. I work uh, online with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like working. I don't know all of them, for example, because oh, okay. it's such a big team because uh, I, I can't simply keep up. And <laughs> it's a really big production. Actually, uh, I think that uh, on E3, we had a trailer during the Xbox Live event. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Everybody check that out. That's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I like about uh, this is, I, I wouldn't call it triple A. That's, mm -hmm. It's more like triple E. <laughs> triple, triple I. E. Uh, hey, okay. What do you mean by that? Triple Indie. Uh, oh, triple I, Indie. I, I, I got you. Yeah, uh, and the cool thing about it is that, uh, well, <laughs> it's kind of cool because you don't really know where your uh, work is going to be. Uh, I don't really know if I've, uh, because when I saw the, pro the trailer, I didn't mm -hmm. know that there was going to be a trailer. Oh, really? Uh, I just, yeah, oh, I, just, wow. I was just watching the Xbox event and, uh, and I saw the game and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? You're like, I'm working on that. What is it yeah. going on here? And then I saw a bunch of my effects, and I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, you did it. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel? What is that like feeling like seeing you work on like E3? Being like, uh, it's wow. really, it feels really great, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's so weird because it's such a big production that you don't really know what you're doing. You're, you're, you don't really know your place in the whole uh, game. It's mm -hmm. such a different thing to doing like an indie game by, on your own. Like... <laughs> comparing my work there to art studio is such a completely different thing like, no, no, i bet you're just like wow this is crazy like triple a type work now kind of people are viewing it it's amazing hopefully one day they'll get to see your um art vr game up there one day on e3 could you imagine <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be awesome that'd be the day what would you do You'd, like throw a party definitely <laughs> 
if it, if COVID still exists <laughs> during that, it will be an online party or something. But uh, I got you. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. So uh, we're getting near the end. I wanted to ask you to do a challenge for the game TV students. Sure. It could be anything, just a small challenge related to maybe art, programming, whatever you think would be a good challenge. Mm. A challenge. Mm. Uh, like a tech card challenge? Yeah. Maybe uh, you could... Yeah, maybe they could try a lighting challenge. Like, do your own lighting in Unity. That's something that will really teach you how to uh, how Unity works, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it lets you dive in and learn the different um, ways to do things, the tool sets. The yeah, it's and then a, mess around with lighting helps you just create better scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of info out there about lighting. And I think that it's a really cool way to get started in shaders and stuff. So try custom lighting. That's the challenge. <laughs> mm -hmm. Try to not use the lead materials in that Unity gives you. Try to use a custom lighting shader. Awesome. That was a great challenge. I can't wait to see what people do. And then uh, I just want to say thank you again for coming on, Daniel. It's been so much fun. Learned a lot about tech card and your new game, the games you're working on. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course. It, yeah, it was it was great <laughs> to be here. And so I like to do at the end of the podcast, just hand the mic to you, doing last minute shout outs, quotes, tips, whatever you want to leave us off with. And uh, thank you for coming on. The mic's all yours. Um, well, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, just shout out to my uh, friends in Happy Happy Nemo and to my friends in SMG too. And if you want to see more about our studio VR, just follow me on Twitter. I'll be posting more stuff there. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameDev.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price. Get started with your game development journey today.